0: By the end of tonight, only four will remain on the path to greatness, elation, and victory. Do you know what I'm talking about? I love this time of year, right? It is March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament, and it's awesome. You have these amazing athletes, the buzzer beaters, the fantastic finishes, the Cinderella stories that are dominating all kinds of stadiums in all kinds of cities across our country. They're dominating our screens and our streaming services, and it all leads to next weekend, New Orleans Final Four. And so... At the end of tonight, four teams will remain. Four teams and their coaches. You know, as I've gotten older, as I've watched more basketball, and uh, I've maybe felt like I've gotten a little bit wiser, I've really come to realize how important those coaches are. For as much talent as those young athletes might have, they need their coaches to give them guidance and direction and to help them to be successful in those games. And so you have those those consistent coaches. Their teams are in the tournament every single year. You have new up-and-coming coaches, the coach of St. Peter's, the Peacocks, making their run. And then you have some coaches who've been there forever. They're legends and This may be their very final tournament. But those coaches are so important. And I recently I heard an amazing speech from one of those great coaches. This is what he said. He said, if you want to win, if you want to be successful, if you want to be crowned champions, and if you want legacy to follow after your life, if you want greatness, then here's what you do. Throw the ball away. Give them the open looks. When they press you, crumble. Keep the lane wide open. Let them dominate you in the paint. And if you score, don't acknowledge it. Don't celebrate it. Just think about how you can help the others on the court. Because the true path to greatness comes through selfless service. It's a pretty inspiring speech, right? And I bet you can't guess the coach who gave it. Is it Coach K? Jay Wright of Villanova? I know that stings a little bit today. No, it was a man named Jesus. Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him. That was a speech that he gave to his team. A team of 12. Those close friends of his, his followers, those disciples. As he laid out for them the true path to greatness. And he delivers it again to you and me today. And he tells you that the path to true greatness comes through selfless service. It comes through sacrifice. And his disciples, that team, they had had a much different game plan in mind. You know, even as Jesus had laid out for them exactly what would come, the play-by-play of what they would soon experience in his own life, the suffering that would come upon him, they seemed stuck on something else. In an earlier conversation with a rich young man, Jesus had told that man, you need to sell everything that you have. You need to give it all to the poor and then come and follow me. And this young guy, he just couldn't do that. But the disciples, and they felt they had and so Peter said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus told them, you're going you're gonna to rule with me. You're going to sit on 12 thrones. And it seems like that's what captured the attention of James and John and also their mother. They saw this greatness and they went after it. Respectfully, they approached Jesus and they truly believed that Jesus had divine power and divine authority. And it was on such divine power and authority that they based their requests when their mother said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. It was a bold request. And God does desire boldness from his people. But their boldness was misplaced. Their boldness was misplaced because they sought for themselves this position of power. They saw an opportunity, they went after it. They had their mother advocate for them. They were willing to present their credentials. Yes, Lord, we can drink the cup that you're about to drink. We can do it. They saw what was before them, this greatness, and they wanted it, so they were willing to do whatever was necessary. And these guys were the ones that Jesus often encouraged to be leaders among the disciples. And so they wanted to take this opportunity. And it sounds amazing, right? I mean, to sit immediately to the right, immediately to the left of Jesus, it sounds amazing. But do you think that James and John, do you think that they felt that, that rush this idea of power can give to a human being? Do you think they, they felt that desire to, to reach out and, and grab it for themselves? And were they willing to just bypass and sidestep anybody else who might get in the way? I mean, did they think about Philip? or Bartholomew or Nathaniel or do they just think about themselves you see when so often when human beings see this path to supposed greatness before us, and it seems like it's, it's right in front of us, and all we need to do is take it. All we need to do is, is ask for it. All we need to do is reach for it. All we need to do is steal it. All we need to do is push others out of the way to get it. Well, then, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. And Sometimes we'll do whatever it takes without even worrying about who it might hurt in the process. And we'll steal away what was being passed on to another. We'll we'll run away from our our one-on-one relationships so that we can get the open looks that we want, so we can take the shots that we want to take, so that we can go after the goals that we want to accomplish. You know, James and John, they heard this voice. This voice that said, yeah, on a throne, that sounds nice. But you could be greater. You could sit right next to Jesus. Don't you want to be there? Don't you want that position? And I know some other people who've heard that same voice. A man named Adam and a woman named Eve. Oh, life life is good for you. But it could be greater. And you could be greater. There's something more out there. You could be like God. And you just have to take it. That's what the serpent said. And many others have heard that voice. In fact, I know one of them incredibly well. His name is Kevin. And maybe, maybe you know one of them incredibly well also. Because that serpent, he still speaks... And he says, yes, your job is good. The, the role that you serve, it's great. But, but you? Oh, you. You deserve to be more. You deserve to be greater. You just need to go after it. Now, life, life is good. and You, you, you have enough. But there's more out there. And you just need to you just need to take it. And it's yours. Now can I ask you? How does that ancient serpent speak to you in modern language? How does he present that that so-called path to greatness? How does how does he put it before you? So that you feel you know exactly what it takes for true greatness. What does that look like? And is it right? Because when we tend to think that way, when we think that we know what the true path to greatness is and it's right in front of us and we just need to go after it, well, often we tend to, to push away others. To neglect them or fight them off, to box them out from all the sides so that we can get what's coming to us. But look at your coach, I mean, your Savior, because that's who He truly is your Savior. And He is the Savior that you need. Jesus is exactly the Savior that you need. He is so much more than a guide for your life. He is so much more than an up-and-coming young talent, so much more than a seasoned veteran with tons of wisdom from experience. He is the Savior that you need. Because Jesus knew that the true path to achieving greatness was different. And when it came to achieving greatness, Jesus lived differently. He came not to be served by those around him, but to serve them. He came to be the ransom that we needed to buy back our lives, to to pay a price for us. He came to sacrifice He's a savior that we needed because we needed someone to suffer for us. And so Jesus gave his speech when he said to the disciples, he said to them, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. This word Gentiles would have immediately brought to mind for the disciples, the Romans who were ruling at that time. And the disciples, they knew how the Romans used their power and their authority to their own advantage and they knew the great disadvantage that it brought upon the Jewish people. But I think Jesus had more in mind here. Because he contrasts it with those who live in his kingdom. A kingdom that is not of this world. I think Jesus had in mind all the ideas and the concepts that our our world puts forth about power and greatness and how to achieve it and, and what's it good for. But he said his followers, those in his kingdom, they would be different. Because the citizens of that kingdom know that they have been bought at a price. Now, Jesus' speech was demonstrated in his own life. He continued and said, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to give. But to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Son of Man, that's a term that specified the one sent from God. And so it also meant Son of God himself. When it came to Jesus, Jesus had it all. It was all His, but he didn't grasp for it. He didn't reach for it. He didn't take what was his. He didn't use it to his own advantage and to the the disadvantage of others. He didn't come to be served by those around him, but to serve them. He came to give his life as a ransom that payment that was necessary to buy you back from your selfishness and your sin. That's who we needed. Someone not only to come to serve us, but we needed someone willing to be last so that you could be first. Someone willing to sacrifice for you. Someone not only to make himself a slave in service to us, but then to allow himself to be enslaved by the very sin that has made slaves of us. We needed someone to suffer for us. And Jesus knew that that was the true path to greatness. Suffering. and He told his disciples as much at the very beginning of a reading. He told them exactly what they would soon experience in Jerusalem and listen for the suffering that Jesus emphasizes. The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. That was the path to greatness. Because Jesus did say that he would be raised to life. And this was the same one to whom the wise men brought their gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. The same one before whom shepher- shepherds knelt and worshipped and praised him. The same one whom Simeon and Anna, they held as a baby in the temple courts, and they proclaimed the praises of God for what he had done for his people. The same one to whom John the Baptist had pointed and said, Look, the Lamb of God. But now that same one would come before the chief priests, And they would accuse him of blasphemously stealing away worship from God. Those teachers of the law, as they stood in the temple courts, they would look down on him and condemn him as worthy of death. He would be handed over to the Roman soldiers. And they would mock and ridicule and beat and spit on him crush a crown of thorns into his head, nail him to a tree, and then take his corpse off that tree. Suffering. And it was all for you. Because not only did Jesus experience all of that suffering willingly, but he willingly took on his own selfless shoulders the weight of God's righteous wrath over your selfish sin. And he took that for you. He willingly felt that for you to elevate you To bring you into his greatness. To reign in power and glory with him. Yes, Jesus says that you will reign with him. Just as he said the disciples would reign with him. And immediately those disciples, they started thinking and jockeying and planning. What position am I going to have? But that wasn't Jesus' point. And it isn't Jesus' point for you. Jesus' point is that you get to reign with him As you bring to others the message of the Savior they need. As you usher others into his kingdom. A kingdom of eternal greatness. A kingdom in which you wear a crown of glory because of Jesus your Savior. When you think about James and John, they they were blessed to be leaders in that kingdom. And you also are blessed to be a part of that kingdom. But the blessing of Christ's kingdom, it also comes with responsibility and with privilege. The privilege to serve others. For them, it was a privilege to walk in Jesus' steps. A privilege to drink from the cup that he would drink. The cup that leads you to serve and to sacrifice and to love others. To love others enough to humble ourselves. And so this blessing of Jesus' kingdom, it comes with the privilege to serve. And so do you sense that privilege? Do you sense that privilege that you have to live for Christ and to serve others? How Jesus elevates you to be able to serve. Jesus insisted that for his follower, the path to greatness is different, that greatness is measured in service and sacrifice, that greatness is measured in love and compassion. And so you might be a CEO of a major company, you may be a political leader. You might be a wealthy investor, you might be a mother, you might be a father, you might be a teacher. Whatever the role that you have, whatever power and authority that God has given to you in your life, it is a tremendous blessing and it is a blessing that can be used in service to others. That's the path to greatness in Jesus' kingdom as one ransomed by Christ, as one bought at a price, how will you use the greatness and the power and the authority that God has given to you, whatever that might be? I pray that listening to the speech of our Savior Jesus Christ, we will follow in his footsteps. And so let us be bold and confidently approach him and ask for it. Let's be bold and ask him for opportunities to serve. Boldly ask to drink from his cup, that cup that moves us to sacrifice. Boldly ask that we might play a part in his ransom of another soul, that we might play a part to usher another one into his kingdom and the greatness they will experience there boldly ask that we will find opportunities to humble ourselves to boldly ask this of jesus because he is exactly who you needed him to be someone to serve you someone to sacrifice for you someone to suffer for you and show you that the true path to greatness in his kingdom comes through selfless service and sacrifice.